Let me ask you something. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? That would probably creep you out. Well, that's exactly what happens every time you go online. Your internet provider stores logs of every website you've ever visited and can legally sell this data to anyone. Worse yet, the government can obtain your data via bulk FISA order, even if you're not personally suspected of any crime. That's why I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash mullen right now and find out how you can get three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash mullen. Protect your data and get three months for free today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen talks freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, we have our friend Jason Rink back, at least the most canceled filmmaker in America. He's made a film about the most canceled man in America. But today, he's back to talk about a film that he's been trying to release for at least eight months now called Q Sent Me. And I got a chance to see a rough cut of segment one. I can't recommend it enough. Jason, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, Tom. Thanks, man. Good to be on with you again. I think that you were here maybe as early as March of this year. And the podcast only started in November. But we're talking about footage that you shot and an interview that you conducted almost two years ago. What's the latest and greatest on Q sent me the story of Jake and jelly. Yeah. Well, for your listeners, I want to say, you know, the, the film that we're releasing is something that has what I would say is absolutely some of the most exclusive content around Jan six. And one of the leading figures, you know, a guy who's the face of, of the, of the day of the event. And one of the things that drew us to the story is, is that we knew immediately he was going to become the face of the prosecution of the, from the government. You know, we knew pretty quickly that Jake was going to be somebody that was held up as this scary figure, potentially the leader of the rebellion. Right. And so when we had the opportunity to interview him on January 7th, the morning after the events at the Capitol, little did we know it would turn out to be the only interview like that he would ever give because he would find himself unable to give interviews very shortly after that. And so what we did was we got that interview and then proceeded to reach out and try to assemble and gather all of the other associated content around him, connect with all the people close to him ended up connecting with the guy who was a YouTuber who rode out and back from DC with him, who had all of this really exclusive content, you know, about this whole journey. And so we started, you know, making this film, you know, really we started making it back in January of 2021 because we got that interview. We had previously interviewed him before, actually, we had a pre-existing relationship with the guy, but yeah. And so we started to make it then. And then in January 12th, 2021, when we put our first trailer for the film out, which was way in advance of having 
a whole film, you know, but we wanted to sort of ride the wave of Jake and, and Jan six and like all of the activity. Our first trailer we put out on January 12th, 2021 was banned from Facebook, Twitter, pulled down from YouTube, all of these things basically immediately. And uh, that was sort of what also led to the massive cancellation and pushback on this story and, and the footage and the counter narrative is what I'll call it that I think we're, we're laying out there in this story Q sent me. And I'll say one last thing about this is that, you know, while, while we will get into some of the concepts and thoughts and beliefs of the, of the QAnon conspiracy theorist in this, that's not the central focus. Q sent me was something that Jake had on his signs when he went all to these rallies. And it, it definitely is something that motivated his action, you know, leading up to and, and including on January 6th. So it's important, but I don't want people to get the impression that this is like a QAnon movie. It's really not. It's really a, the events and ramifications of January 6th as seen through the eyes and experience of the most recognizable figure of that day. I don't want to give away too much of what's going to be in episode one, but the one thing that comes across in every scene, at no matter what angle you catch this guy from, is that he's somewhat of a, I don't know, harmless kook. And, you know, even before you made your film and I got to hear a lot more of his views and get get to know him better. I mean, just seeing him with the drum and the horns, I, it's kind of hard to believe that the government would want to make him a central focus because I can't believe any honest person would look at him and feel threatened. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and again, this is one of the things that we have the context for. You know, we're really trying to make a very honest telling of this story, right? You know, I happen to really like Jake. I've gotten to know him, you know, and I think he's he made some serious errors in <laughs> judgment all along the way. But, you know, when we when we first encountered him out in Phoenix during the Stop the Steal rallies, because that's where we were, we were filming, you know, originally was a we were documenting that movement. You know, he was just a guy in a, like a suit, you know, with a megaphone. And and then when he popped up, you know, another time we saw him with his whole getup, you know, and like he we we discovered quickly from him in our first interactions with him that the main motivator of that of that getup was like he, he's got sort of a theatrical background and, and he recognized like he could get people's attention with something very unique and interesting visually to be able to then talk to them of Q, QAnon, but not just QAnon, you know, all of the different elements of the globalist conspiracy and the Federal Reserve and, you know, the military industrial complex and the, the vaccines and, and COVID and everything and, and child trafficking. I mean, like the guy is literally has an encyclopedic knowledge about the deepest rabbit holes of of the conspiracy, you know, buffet, so to speak. And, you know, so and, and the other thing was, is, is we realized how like articulate he was. And, you know, he's he's definitely people will watch this. They'll be like, this guy is intelligent. He's well-spoken, he's articulate, and he's got some crazy beliefs. And so, but, you know, I think that the, I think that the media, I, I think that the media really is responsible for creating sort of this mythology around him or elevating him in the way that he did, j just simply because it's so bizarre. I mean, 
you know, just a regular person in a MAGA hat who goes and gets and sits in Mike Pence's chair in the Senate, like that's fine. But when you have a guy with face paint, horns, shirtless, <laughs> a big flagpole spear, and he's like doing like shamanic chants on the balcony in the Senate, you know, it's visually intriguing. And it also leads you to ask this question of like, how did that guy get in there? Like what, what it's just, it's sort of bizarre. So it's definitely got, you know, clickbaity television view views, you know, type of thing. And, but the, but the Jan six narrative and the insurrection narrative and all of that, that took shape, you know, it couldn't help, but sort of take shape around him and a couple other central figures who again, were just so visually intriguing the guy with the who took the podium you know and the guy with his feet on nancy pelosi's desk and you know and so it's like it's these sort of outlier characters that 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 narrative really shaped around and jake was was in our opinion you know and i think that's most people would agree sort of the central figure of of the media narrative on it and so it, it wasn't difficult for the for the government then to sort of decide that they were going to go after this guy and, you know, some people know what happens to him. Some people don't. And with our first episode, it is a three part series. Each episode is going to be roughly an hour long where we unfold not only his journey to Jan 6 during Jan 6 and afterwards, but also we are going to get into some of the larger elements and ramifications of Jan 6, the Department of Justice some things that have happened as we go through this journey. So but yeah, you know, um, the other thing that might come out to you when you're watching it is, is you're looking at a guy who doesn't realize that he's about to be in a lot of trouble. And when you want to talk about understanding the motivations as to why people do what they do and, and the actions that they take, you know, I think that's one of the things that that's been really lost in the discussion in media and politics and everything is like, is people not wanting to understand where other people are coming from. Because if you can understand this guy's mindset and the beliefs and what he really thinks about the world, his actions on Jan 6 make 100% sense. Like it's, it's totally congruent. And, you know, and, th and that also leads into the idea of, you know, are people dangerous because they have unconventional beliefs. You know, he's a nonviolent person, never, never accused of violence, never captured on video committing any violence. In fact, the opposite and lots of things I think your viewer that your listeners and viewers of this film will will really think is interesting is is how we have video footage to corroborate almost every statement he makes, even the weirdest ones, you know, that it's like when he, we interviewed him and we're like, wait, did that really happen? Oh, wait, did that really happen? And then as footage would come out and as people would bring it to us, we're like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely accurate the way that he lays out the events of the day as he experienced. Let's take a short break for this important message. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about Mini Coders, an educational game-based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. 
Mini coders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out Mini Coders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Coders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash Coders and start your free trial today. What what jumped out at me too <clears throat> is that in all yeah of course he's very unconventional except in in a few ways he's a very conventional conservative <laughs> in that he thinks the cops are his friends and and that's not a shot at the cops but the cops their job is not to be your friend and if they have taken any interest in you whatsoever the fact that he calls them and and thinks like he's setting up a you know a an interview over coffee and donuts or something on Sunday morning. You know, he has that idea that, well, I'm a conservative and I back the blue and these are, you know, good people. Well, not not when you're on the suspect list. I mean, it it, it is very naive of him. Yeah, Tom, you bring up something that I, I I thought would stand out to a guy like you watching this, right? You know, so here we have a guy who, you know, is talking about the the deep state agenda, the globalists, like understands the dark hallways of power like theoretically anyway right and and is convinced of it right and yet there's a multitude uh, there's numerous times that are in this first episode where he expresses what i would say is that just a huge he, he expresses the sentiment of back the blue support the police the fbi all of this right even though on the other hand he would he would already have thought that some of those agencies had opposed Trump and 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 Trump mega conservatives. Right. Like so on one hand, he gets that. On the other hand, when he's in a conversation and many people would know this if they've seen the trailer or whatever, you know, we have footage of him talking to the FBI after Jan six and sort of what goes down there and what, ha you know, leading to the next phase of of this story. And and he just thinks that the FBI, just a, a great guy doing his job, you know, is sympathetic to him, having no idea that the guy on the other line is really just getting Jake to incriminate himself to the highest degree possible so that when they turn around and file charging documents, they can pull quotes of things that he said without a lawyer to build their case to create just a a real nightmare for this guy. And so yeah, that 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 is a really interesting thing that I think comes out in this film where where you see that disconnect that you're pointing to. And and it's one thing like a cop in a uniform. Okay, that's a whole can of worms with libertarians and conservatives and whatever. But the FBI, I mean, they were the center of the whole Russiagate thing, you would think at least them, he would have a little bit of skepticism, but he just seems like he's a, he's a guy who likes people and he just doesn't, you know, that whole religious side, which I want to talk about. 
What I don't know if you know anything about shamanism, but I, you know. Well, I want to I want to me- mention something just on this same topic. What's interesting is is we have a moment where after we get done interviewing him, he fields a call from a journalist from an Arizona paper, right? And with that journalist, he's like, all right, I'm not going to talk to you. You're the mockingbird media. You know, <laughs> you're going to take my words and you're going to smear me out there. He has way more concerns about speaking to an Arizona journalist for a local TV news show right. <laughs> than he does to the FBI. It's really, really crazy, you know? And so, you know, I think that's interesting. Like, I think it's an interesting exploration of human psychology there. Like, man, what is really going on, you know? And, 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 it, but it, but it's, it's funny. It's like, he'd much rather talk to an FBI agent than a journalist. And I get it that, you know, he finds out that he's being looked into. They're trying to get in touch with him. He doesn't want to, you know, he wants to cooperate. Right. But it, but it's, it's just, it's, it's an interesting thing. And, and, and that is another thing, you know, the shamanism question you brought up, you know, like, you you we have a, a moment in there where Jake is is drumming outside of the Supreme Court, you know, and chanting. Right. And like, no, he's not doing it for an audience, by the way. There was hardly anybody standing there. Right. He's doing that. And when when he when we talked to him after he did that, uh, he said he was he was like chanting and drumming to cast out evil spirits, you know, to try to to try to impact the quantum realm with like good energy and to cast out the bad. And so. And and the truth is, is he's done that at multiple moments in D.C. And so when you understand that, that he's got this shamanistic belief about being able to to, you know, impact the quantum realm and change the vibratory nature of the environment in order to generate an outcome. Um, and, and this is me relaying what I understand he understands about shamanism or a dimension of it. Right. I'm no expert. But then it makes a lot of sense. When this guy has an opportunity to go into the Senate chamber and chant and pray in there, like it makes all the sense in the world that that's what he would do, because he's like, look, I'm going to go to the epicenter of like the heart of darkness of of the government and I'm going to impact the quantum realm. And, you know, there's a point at which he says we have a scene in there, which is interesting. One of the funnier scenes, in my opinion, where he goes on and does an interview with the, with Alex Jones on like the day after and six. And, you know, we actually have footage of him on the phone doing the interview and then Alex Jones, and we sort of cut that up. And, you know, with, with to Alex Jones, he says, listen, we took back the Capitol building for God. You know, Jake's Jake at this point still thinks Donald Trump is actually going to be inaugurated on the 20th or whatever it is. You know, he, he still is a full on, trust the plan Q believer at that point. And, you know, he sees having gone in the Capitol, prayed and chanted as a victory in the, in the quantum realm that is somehow going to, you know, ripple and impact the outcome of what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. And we all know that that didn't happen, but so, yeah, you know, it's just, you, you do get to understand like what his mindset is when he's doing these things. And at no place is it like, Really, was he going to take somebody hostage? Was he going to try to harm a government official? That's totally the opposite. He was gonna harm him. He was gonna harm him in the quantum realm. Okay? Right. And and he thinks, like you said, he thinks he accomplished something in there when they're leaving. He's like, you know, doing a victory lap. Uh yeah. because we just sang the shamanic song. You know, this this song I had an insight watching your 
your film that I've never had before. I'm going to see if I can get it out. The thought salad that's going on right now is, is, <laughs> and, and it's a, a lot of different things I'm, I'm looking at differently, really, since this morning. I got up because of daylight savings time at what was really four o'clock in the morning and said, well, I'm going to watch this, this film. But this whole fixation with pedophiles in the political discourse so yes pedophiles are bad okay and 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 i don't know how else to say that but <laughs> the idea that this is a central problem with the whole country that if we could just find and prosecute the pedophiles like i don't know is social security going to you know, be solvent then, or, or are we going to have 200,000 less troops around the world or whatever? I mean, the idea that that is a central goal, but the, the fact that, and I'm not saying very many conservatives or Trump supporters share Jelly's shamanic ideas, but is, is a lot of this hard to explain devotion to Trump because there's this religious idea that he's an agent even if he is a sinful agent of God against like the forces of darkness. I see all this stuff on social media talking about the devil. And I don't mean like figuratively, like really there's a guy called the devil and he's acting in the political sphere. What do you think about that? How much of the movement, the Q movement, at least if not the MAGA movement in general is motivated by at least some of that. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to bring out my former pastor hat because that that was a previous profession that I had in the early 2000s for a short time. And and so, you know, I've I've not only have I been in deep with MAGA conservatives and libertarians, you know, uh, in, in my life, but I've also been deep in sort of the evangelical church. And I would say, yes, that MAGA is is definitely got a lot of 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 Christian conservatives or and those who would see sort of this like spiritual warfare dimension of of what's at play. Right. And obviously that's filtered through their thinking and their context, whatever that might be, because it's very broad. And there's plenty of people who are not, you know, God oriented, who are part of the MAGA coalition. Like, I think people don't understand how varied that coalition really is. But one thing that we get into in episode two, we interview this guy named Joseph Usinski, who is a professor in the University of Miami, who teaches an entire college level class on conspiracy theories. And he's written books on it. Very interesting guy, because we get a little deeper into sort of this, the mindset and some things like that. And, and one thing he talked about, which I think this, this puts the piece, this put the pieces together for me, frankly, is he said, you know, Trump, when he ran, he was unable to sort of run like on his policy positions as a conservative because his history didn't back that up. Right. And, you know, he wasn't going to run as a Democrat because he's in the Republican Party. So he decided to and whether this is, you know, authentic or not irrelevant, he decided to position himself as running against the system. He's running against the establishment, right? And so by doing that, he actually created a pathway where he would attract and align more people who have conspiratorial thinking or leanings towards conspiratorial thinking than any other candidate, right? Because that anti-establishment 
vibe and that sort of opposing the system vibe is very, very present throughout like the vast majority of people who conspiracy thinking, you know, like really motivates and animates a lot of their beliefs. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even saying this like from a wacky standpoint, like I have a lot of conspiracy thinking going on with me. Like I am more that way than some people. And there are people who are more that way than me. But the point is, is that if you take this whole, you know, Christian conservative thing and sort of mix it in with a little bit of this anti-establishment conspiracy thinking thing, you're going to find a very natural outcome, which is like, hey, this is what's happening in the world. We see this dark, dark, evil thing in the world. We see this spiritual warfare in the heavenlies, right, between Satan and God. And there's this point down the road, depending on the way you see biblical end times and all this stuff, that that we're going to have like a figure rise who's going to either be the great antichrist or the oppositional figure, whatever, in in a political leader. And so it's just there's there that's a lot of soup there that I'm kind of <laughs> laying out. But right. but you could see how those connections would be made. And then the whole pedophile ring stuff, it's like, you know, how overblown is that? How real is that? Well, the problem that we have, no matter what the, the truth is there, is that the other dimension we have is that the, the the fake media, we can't trust the media, we can't trust the government. And so, you know, what's what's gone down with Epstein, it's like all of the things point to this direction, right? Because they ran cover for him and they didn't take him out. Like, you know, and even stuff like what's going on right now with it with with Kanye and, and all of that whole big cancellation going on around this other particular issue like all of that stuff that's happening fuels the belief over here that like oh well if kanye wasn't so right then why is this happening right and it's like right. and we right so it's it's like there's there's this sort of like venn diagram perfect storm of distrust in media distrust in the establishment which i believe is a great thing distrust of you know the like distrust of institutions and a worldview which comes in and puts you know like spiritual biblical like you know stakes and involvement into the mix and it it creates a very a very unique thing so i, I most of the q people i've met are very you know, have a have a God Christian out outlook for sure. Very few that I've met haven't. I would not put them in their Christian beliefs as necessarily mainstream, but but prevalent in evangelical Christianity. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you're enjoying the content here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can support my efforts here a couple of ways at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 per month and get machine transcripts to every episode and access to my members-only MeWe group, while all access patrons also get my paid subscriber-only articles and videos or you can become a VIP patron to get all of that, 
plus access to all of my online courses and a signed copy of the Tom Mullen book of your choice. Now, if you prefer Substack, I also post my paid subscriber-only content there. Find links to all the ways you can support the show at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. Become a supporter of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom today. And now let's get back to our episode. How could I think of Baba with a girl like you? A girl like you. With a girl like you. A girl like you. With a girl like you. I don't know if I went off the rails too much on that answer. No, but... I, I could see where you're saying that that all these different kinds of people could find they would be natural allies with each other. And I guess it just never dawned on me, maybe a larger percentage of people who are in that movement. I'm not talking about just being Christian or having Christian values or believing God or believing in Jesus, whatever I'm talking that believe supernatural forces are the cause behind the effects we see that political actors are moving. So, I mean, that to me seems nutty. I'm sorry, but it may, you know, maybe someday I'll be proved wrong about that too. But, but I, I just find that, you know, there are perfectly terrestrial explanations for most of this stuff, but I'm not sure that I'm, I'm wondering how large a part, because here's the thing, the devotion to Donald Trump himself, <laughs> who, who is anything but, I mean, he is, a mass of contradictions. I think it would have been, we all would have been better off if he won the election because I don't think we'd have the Ukraine war for one thing. There's lots of things that would have been better, but he doesn't, I mean, when he was campaigning, he got the support of all these evangelicals and he basically told the truth. He's like, I don't know why they support me, but they do. <laughs> I don't deserve it. And I'm glad that I'm glad to have it. He is, he is like the epitome of you know, kind of the New York City, whatever, three wives, blah, 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 blah. Yet I, I think a lot of people have this relig this belief that he's a religious agent. And I guess it never really dawned on me until I watched your film and I got the whole shaman thing. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's what's behind all this. Yeah. Well, and I think something other that's interesting around Trump, you know, I have a lot of family in like kind of rural Ohio, right? And, you know, like, a lot of people who don't have a lot of opportunities in their life, don't have a lot of money, just people that I know and and those and and are very much Trump, you know, very much. And so it originally it was kind of a weird thing to me. I didn't understand, which I was like, why is this like sort of New York movie star, rich guy? Like, why? Why is that resonating? And it it's occurred to me as I've spent more time here. And I think one of the things that that Trump is actually does well and is been more convincing about it, whether it's true or not, is that, you know, people didn't realize how forgotten, like, you know, working class, you know, Midwestern white people and, and the poverty and the lack of opportunities that exist in that whole arena and the promises that they've been made for such a long time. And then Trump, you know, from the Democrat Party. And then Trump really came and articulated and spoke and and made them believe that he, you know, cares about them and that he's going to represent them. And 
that also fits right into this sort of anti-establishment rhetoric, right? Because he's not saying Mitt Romney is going to take care of you. He's he's like, look, yeah, the Republicans and the Democrats, you know, uh, they have abandoned you. They're not the answer. They're part of the establishment. Here's the deep state. You know, it's almost like, you know, which Republicans you can't trust because now they go on Fox News. Right. And, and that, that, this is another thing I want to illustrate. Something I learned at the Stop the Steal rallies big time was was we were going there and people had signs. Fox News sucks, chanting Fox News sucks, you know, and it's like, dude, that never would have happened in Ron Paul days, you know, like the, the conservatives doing that. And so it's just even interesting, like like Trump had has taken that that media fake news media narrative and it's come around and it's eaten even the the side of it that I don't think was supposed to get damaged in it, maybe. And and they haven't even been friendly to Trump. Right. So it's like it's like all that to say, I think, you know, all on one hand, it's an indication of how little somebody would have to do to <laughs> to get that sort of messiah like status within the conservative you know movement is is a few different issues speak a few different things and and i and then i also think it's 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 relevant to understand how strong anti-establishment thinking is in this country it's stronger than it's ever been as you know as a libertarian or somebody that's more anti-establishment you're thinking you know that's a good thing you know and yet that populist energy and that sentiment is going to be channeled and has to be channel channeled around a figure. I don't see it going any other way. And so the real question is, is who's the figure that's going to grab that and channel it and not just in 2024, but in 2028 and beyond, because that, that energy, as we saw from January 6, a populist movement without a plan and without like a clear set of strong leaders to articulate like, what it, what happens next it it just becomes what it became right and i'm not saying it should have become some sort of violent thing no i'm just saying that's just pure populist energy the dog that caught the car right yeah like what what now yeah what now is we're going to ruin the lives of as many of you as possible and marginalize everything you know about you in the, in in the media whatever and uh, it's like no I think there's some lessons being learned from that. And the the risk I see over the horizon is a Trump figure or Trump himself coming back and actually being what the left acted like he was the whole time, right? The right wing strong man because of the context that's been created over the last eight years, really, or six years, really, that now it's like, yeah, that thing you said he was, which he wasn't like. That's what's going to be called for now by the right. Yeah. One, one thing on additional thing on what you said about how little it takes, because I I have this clear memory during the election of a woman that they interviewed kind of out there, people in the crowd. Why are you supporting Trump? This is during the 2016 election season. And there's a woman with gray hair. I remember she had the cap on and she had like kind of a long, she had a sweatshirt that was kind of big on her and some slacks. It just looked very everyday, you know, could run into 600 of her in a day. And she said, he's one of us. He's <laughs> one of us. Right. 
And I mean, this is a guy who just flew in to make a speech on his own jet and, and lives in a penthouse in Manhattan. And, but, but again, like you said, none of that matters because he's like the only person who has any visibility at all, who isn't telling me I'm a bad person for what I believe. And I think that's about it. Right. I mean, that was it. And I don't know that Stephen DeSantis could pull that off after he's Harvard. You know, I don't know if he could or not. Yeah. You know, so one thing I think is true is that, like, I think people want their own elites. Right. Like it, it, you see this in cons the conservative movement a lot where it's like as soon as a person who's famous says one thing that's like kind of sounds good. They're like, yeah, no, they're awesome. It's like, you know, whatever. I'm going to botch this, but like Megan the Stallion or whatever, or even like Kanye or whatever. And it's like, it, but even other people just do like what Chris Pratt. It's like, oh, he's moderately doesn't abandon his entire faith to stay employed in Hollywood. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, so it's weird. I don't know what it is about us as humans where it's like, I think this, this is like in deep psychology where it's like, we do want our own elites. We want we want people in high prominent places to be a reflection of how we think and what we believe and for it to be like rubber stamped in some way. And I, I think this is true in some way. And I also think that what people fail to recognize with Trump versus DeSantis is and and fail to realize in politics overall, right, is like people are always looking for like the more polished version of the thing that actually accomplishes the thing. So it's like, look, Trump has created a movement. It's undeniable. He is not president and 20, 30,000 people still show up to see him speak around the country, you know, like deep loyalty. And I don't know exactly how he did it. And I think the truth of the matter is, is you can't reverse engineer it but too, too well. Like, it's always a little mystery. Ron Paul did it in 2008 through 2012. He created a movement. Like, it's still having the ramifications. And and remember back then, everybody was always like, well, if we just had a better representation. Now, in Ron Paul's case, the better representation is like, not as old and, you know, not as like, whatever, like maybe he's not the best spokesperson or people would say these things. And it's like, guys, this is just a misunderstanding of where power really flows from and how movements are really built. Like it's, it's not necessarily based on the polished policy positions. In fact, they have somewhat nothing to do with it. Like it's something I don't even want to say it's spiritual, but it's deeper than that. It comes from another place. And so you can't just swap DeSantis in for Trump and carry on the movement. It doesn't work. They're cut from a different cloth. They say different things. Doesn't I don't care what people think about DeSantis. I hope he stays government in Florida or governor in Florida for a long time. But it's like, you know, part of Donald Trump's power was that he didn't, you know, consultant managed sound bites like and you already know that that's going to happen with DeSantis moving on a larger stage it's just you can already see it in him and you know just this past couple days Trump gets up at an event in Florida and like calls calls him Ron DeSanctimonious you know yeah. and, and is like <laughs> bragging about how he's trailing by like 40 50 points you know as the candidate you know and it's like people are like 
don't do that. That, that the Reagan rule don't don't. And it's like, no, this is this is how Trump rolls. And yeah, it's right. like, <laughs> and the more people think it's bad, it's funny. It's like not really. It's like he's just. It's like alpha energy. It's like even though he's not an alpha dude, it's like he's got thin skin, and uh, I don't even want to talk about that. Like it's just he's so flawed in so many ways, <laughs> and, and 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 it's like it's like he can't resist doing that you know and i'm also not going to say he isn't like an incredibly powerful magnetic personality presence and leader who's built a movement that now mitch mcconnell and paul ryan and all of these guys and mitt romney are having to contend with 24 7 because it's threatening to destroy the party they've given their entire lives to right it's funny how you this answers another question I had early on is like I'm I listen to Trump speak. Now the guy cannot speak. Okay. He can't put sentences together with nouns and verbs. And and his and his supporters will say he's the greatest speaker who ever lived. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, okay, his platform is basically updated Alexander Hamilton, the tariffs, you know, the big military, da 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 da. da. So you had Pat Buchanan. Why didn't you nominate him? I mean, he had all of it. Plus, he's well-spoken. He's He can write. He writes his own books. Being a ghostwriter, that's very impressive to me for a guy like that. And But no, I mean, he didn't have this, whatever makes people say this guy in his own jet is one of us. He Pat Buchanan didn't have that. He's too polished, too DC, too something. Right? Yeah, I mean, and it's, and Trump's got an X factor. Like, it's just, I mean, that sounds so plain and it sounds so, but it's like he is. And, and I think there's a couple of things too, is like, he did destroy like the Bush and Clinton dynasties. Like, I mean, he obliterated them. And part of it was just because he came up with nicknames that stuck and that, that reflected a truth <laughs> like and then talked about things that nobody else would talk about or nobody else would go there. And it's like, you know, so it's like, how does somebody do that? You know? And then this idea that he's one of us, you know, it's like the, again, that is a, that's a, it's a mythos. It's like a, it's a, it's, it's something, you know, I, I still believe that Trump didn't think he was going to win that he never intended to win. Like, I believe that he saw in 2016, that he saw that as like an incredible opportunity for a platform for him and his brand. Like, that's what I believe to this day. I believe he was kind of shocked about what, what, what happened and how all of the Republicans fell by the wayside and he destroyed them. I, I do. I, I think he it took him off guard. I think he wasn't expecting it. I think it actually explains a little bit, even though I think part of the explanation is that he's because he's flawed. He's loyal to the wrong people. He does still have the appearance of certain things. I think his endorsement of Dr. Oz is sort of funny. It's like he's like a fake famous doctor. And it's like it sort of speaks into certain things that are just true about Trump, you know, but. I think he found himself in a situation where now he had to surround himself with a bunch of people and there wasn't the proper thought put into that. And, and uh, he found himself president and, and I, that's what I think is true. And so it, it could, I could be wrong about that, but like, you know, 
anybody else who runs for president has been thinking about that stuff in a deep way for a long time who thinks they're really going to win. Right. Like, and yet I think there's a lot of missteps. And, and so what I would say is there's a lot of people who support Trump who are MAGA and even people who voted for Trump in 2020, because he got like another 10, 12 million than the previous time that they think that Trump deserves a second shot. A lot of them do believe that the election was not above board. And many people believe that Trump has learned his lessons from surrounding himself with certain deep state figures and that if he gets the chance to get in there again, he'll sort of do what he should have done the first time and really take down the deep state. Now, you know, I'm not super optimistic about that, but I think people also don't recognize that that is a motivating factor is that, you know, DeSantis, it's not his turn. Trump should have been president in 2020. He wasn't. A lot of people feel like he didn't get a first term because he was just plagued by BS media stories and impeachments and all this. So people feel like, look, we got to give Trump another shot. And so that energy is at play as well, moving into 2024. And you know, the last thing I'd say about Trump, because I want to make sure we direct people to, to watch the movie and everything. But he, when he was going in there nominating his first round of terrible <laughs> cabinet picks, I, that what I was thinking was like, look, I I really don't like the anti-capitalism aspect of the MAGA movement and Trump, but you're picking all these people. You've got you're going in there to the lion's den, and he had no core around him of people that were really loyal to him. He had Bannon, and Bannon was out early, and I think that's about it. And he had the guy who wrote his speeches. Is it Stephen Miller or Jason Miller? Stephen Miller. Oh, yeah. Jason Miller, I think, was because he started that other social network. I forget. Getter. The guy that's real hardcore. You know who I mean. He's a tall, thin guy with receding. Oh, yeah. That is Stephen Miller. That is Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller. Yeah. So, I mean, if he goes in there again, whatever I think of all the policies, you need like everybody's got to be like that guy. Because you got the whole 4 million employee government still against you, you know, doing whatever they can. You don't make an order crystal clear. They're going to find the wiggle room and not follow it, you know? So you 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 need a, a cabinet full of people with Bannon, people like that, or you might as well not go in there. You're going to have the same result, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it speaks to, I know there was this thing that went down where, you know, like, People in the military and the Pentagon lied to Trump about withdrawing people from Afghanistan and doing certain things that he actually, you know, whether he wanted to do them or what. But like they weren't even following his, you know, orders, you know, when it came to the ones they did actually write down and, and said, yes, you know, and and that's another thing is is and, and I, I bring this kind of back to like Q and, and the motivations of like guys like Jake and, you know. Jake is somebody who he's an imperfect representation of the whole movement for sure. He's on the margins, right? But I think that that there is a faith. <laughs> There's a faith in Trump that I don't think is that I think is a bit misplaced. And you know, I I guess I don't want to say here and say sit here and say, well, I think we should let them see. <laughs> you know, like like hey, maybe the best way to get people to understand that it's a misplaced faith is for them to actually get the opportunity to see. And at the same, and you know, him take the presidency again. At the same time, we see this on both the left and the right. 
is that there's always plenty of opportunity to blame a number of different people, institutions, organizations for every shortcoming and failure that you have as a leader, as an administration, whatever it is. And so those of us who recognize the entrenched power structure in D.C. and in Washington and globally recognize that it's not one presidency, not one election cycle, not one set of policies that are implemented that can reverse and turn the Titanic around here towards more peace and liberty. It's like a series of victories and taking back and clawing back, you know, power, clawing, clawing back liberty, you know, and trying to expand the moat in some way, you know? And so it does, it's not one guy. It's not even a handful of guys. You know, I look at things like the Tea Party movement after Ron Paul's 2008 run. And I see people like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey who've gotten into Congress. And, you know, I think that's a net positive for liberty, right? In at the seat, it seats of power. Sure. Yeah. And that, you know, hasn't been expanded much over the last 10, 12 years, you know, no. but I think there are some people that by being elected this cycle could potentially give us a little bit more margin than what's been created, you know? And, and I do think that, you know, I, I don't subscribe to this idea that the Republicans and Democrats are just two wings of the same bird of prey. Like, I think there's a difference between Mitt Romney and Blake Masters and Rand Paul over the, over when, when you're looking at it on a, on a, you know, friggin' you know, whatever, a scale. And I also hate that we place so much of the importance of what I experience on a daily basis for freedom and liberty in the hands of anything that's happening up there. And so the bottom line is that I think we need to work to be more free in our lives, financially, our work, our relationships, our geography, do everything we can try to use the power we can to create the geography and the in the community in a way that that is good for freedom have people that can help us at the, at the local and state power level to help try to be a bulwark against federal power and <clears throat> try to see if we can make any um in any way for liberty you know at the federal level i think about people like rand paul who really took it to fauci you know and like there's an opportunity at the federal level, if certain things go a certain way, to not see mandates come down from on high like that ever again. Like that opportunity exists. It, that would be a win, you know? It'd be a small win, but it'd be a it'd be a it'd be a win that matters. And so, you know, all I would say is is that I think people who are libertarians or libertarian or freedom-minded, I would love for them to check out this film that that we're doing Q sent me it'll help them to understand some things about I think the MAGA movement and January 6th in a new light especially when the series is done and we're going to have a follow-up film series called The Steel which is going to be about the 2020 election where I think it's also going to be a window into MAGA America around the 2020 election and what I think is the, the biggest populist in, in America in a long time that's going to be with us for a while. And so 
I encourage people who are not even in it, right, who don't consider themselves MAGA Republicans, to watch these films so that they can get a window into the people that they're trying to connect with, trying to join arms with for certain political gains or trying to win over. I think it's I think it's part of the conversation we're trying to con- contribute to right now. And, and I'll say for myself, as I, I said a few times throughout our chat here, the just the first episode, and I, I understand that's not even the final cut, it really gave me some insights into the whole movement. And I've been sitting here writing and talking about it for you know, as long as it's been around six years, seven years, and lights were turned on by the film. So well done on that. Where where do people actually go to watch it? How can how can somebody see the film? Yeah, let me do a little plug for that right now. So for for the next several months, we're releasing an episode every month. The third one will release on January 6th. First episode is coming out on November 11th. It's going to be exclusively at a platform called Movies Plus. You can find it at mymoviesplus.com. You can get Movies Plus on iPhone, Apple TV, Android, you know, Fire Stick, Roku, whatever. There's all sorts of places to get the app Movies Plus. The reason we're with them is because, you know, we we pitched this film and we were in high-level conversations with all the biggest platforms, the biggest production outfits, you know, from A&E to Netflix to Hulu to whatever, all along the way on this. And we've been stonewalled and blocked and specifically for political reasons. Nobody was going to platform this guy. He was the, you know, Osama bin Laden of Jan 6, so to speak. <laughs> and we've been deplatformed. The the Twitter, you know, all of this footage from this film has been blocked, has been shut down. It's been a real struggle. While we could have done a just independent release and, you know, that sort of thing, we wanted to try to get it with a streaming service that supports free speech. And and these guys support it in a way where they would put the anti Jake doc up alongside this one. Right. They released another film called The Most Canceled Man in America for us that we did on a guy named Nick Fuentes, who's very, very controversial. They would put the anti Nick Fuentes doc next to it on their platform like This is about having all of the opportunities for people to choose what angle that they want to consume. And they've taken a lot of the, a lot of courage to put these films out. They're really behind us. And so we're in partnership with them. My movies plus you can get a monthly subscription for, I think like $7 or an annual subscriptions like 30 bucks. And so if you want to watch the series, you should just get an annual subscription, 30 bucks, you're going to get all the episodes and a year's worth of content. And, and I don't tell this to people because I think everybody needs another streaming service. God knows we don't. What we do, what I do want people to recognize is that this is not just a way to support me, who I've spent over $100,000 plus time and everything into this film, you know, to try to recoup some of my, my money so I can make more films, right? It's a vote for platforms that more properly reflect what we want to see in the world. Right. And I think we want to see more creators and independent creators with different perspectives have greater access to platforms to get their messages and their stories out there. So I ask people to sign up for Movies Plus to support our film, but as a vote for free speech platforms to help be a signal in the marketplace to these guys and other other places that people do actually want this. So mymoviesplus.com is where you can go get that, sign up for that. And it does release on November 11th, 2021, 2022, 2022. I don't know what year it is. November 11th, 2022. We're with you. You're a, you're a, 
retired artists, but I real fast. Is this the same people that ran the move, the movies plus video stores? No, uh-uh. no, this is put together by some guys in the industry and, but that are, are definitely more open to different, you know, different perspectives being fielded. You know, one of the things we notice, man, is that it's the left that really wants to shut down the alternative counter narrative. Most people I meet on the right and most libertarians, obviously, are like, have them, let them both be on there. It's fine. Like if, 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 if this one's not true or not accurate, it's fine. Have the other one that's accurate, right? Whatever. It's like, let the, let the people decide, you know, let people watch and consume the content and then do YouTube videos about how I'm biased and this is terrible or whatever. It's fine. This is art and information. We're making films here, you know? And so like what we've seen is that the left wants to shut down counter narrative. They want to shut it, down, shut it down on COVID, on the election, on Jan 6, on a number of issues. This is a counter narrative film because it gives you a glimpse behind the scenes and it tells you what the media didn't tell you about that day and about some of the some of these figures, specifically Jake. And so I think it's useful and I think people will really, really, uh, really enjoy it. I think I'm really proud of it and I think people will enjoy it. All right. Well, listen, mymoviesplus.com. I'm going to watch it again on November 11th when it comes out, see if there's any little changes. And <laughs> Jason, thanks so much for taking so much time and coming by to chat. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Always good to talk to you. All right, friends, that's going to do it for today. Just a few reminders to stop by TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support and check out all the ways that you can support my efforts here, including joining my Patreon or my Substack. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go to itsthefedstupid.com to download a copy of my free ebook, It's the Fed Stupid. And as always, if you like the music you've heard here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at TomMullenSings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.